0: Welcome to the Faith Christian Fellowship of Montego Bay's podcast. We are reaching for his glory through building and teaching. I hope you are encouraged and edified by this message. God. Well, today we continue to watch world happenings and um, to stay strong in the Lord. I believe that God is allowing some things right now to shake the foundations of man. And from corner to corner of the earth, from east to west, north to south, the foundations of man, they are being shaken. And I also believe that this is a time that God is allowing to, to force some changes, some changes. Changes that probably will not ha- would not have happened in a hundred years. All of a sudden, we're forced uh, to adjust the way we do things and all all of that. And I believe out of that, we're going to see the church grow and um, come to a place where um, people we were unable to reach and were unresponsive for a long time, all of a sudden, they're going to respond to the things of God as we continue to trust the Lord. I want to say to the body of Christ, uh, to the believers, You don't need to be in panic. You uh, just need to rest in God. You need to follow what the Lord is putting in your heart and remember that God has not given you the spirit of fear, but of love and of power and of a sound mind. God wants to continue to work in and through your life to use you as an example during this time. So I want you to continue to be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might, because remember that the Lord who keeps you shall neither slumber nor sleep. I want to start out reading a scripture that we have been on since last week. It's Ecclesiastes chapter 3 verse 1. I want to read that verse and uh, let's see what the word of the Lord is saying to us out of Ecclesiastes chapter 3 verse 1. You know, we believe that the word of God liveth and abideth forever and that the word of God will always keep us. It says in... Ecclesiastes chapter three, verse one, to everything, there is a season and to every purpose and a time, sorry, to every purpose under the the sun, all right? To everything, there is a season and a time to every purpose under the sun. So I want to remind you that the Bible says everything, including COVID-19, to everything, there is a season. Now, remember that seasons are temporary. They have a shelf life. So if there is a season to everything, that means there is a a time span that everything has to live. So COVID-19 has a season. And the season will come and pass. The thing about seasons, as we've said before, is that seasons are temporary, they are subject to change. They don't last forever. And the key to outlasting any season of crisis in your life um, is to be engaged with something that is more durable than that season. Something that will outlast that season. And I submit to you that the only thing that you can find that will guarantee uh, durability beyond any season is the Word of God, is the Kingdom of God. And so we encourage you uh, to engage the Word of God that will enable you to outlast any season that is coming against you. As I said before, seasons are temporary. They don't last forever. So if you engage the word of God, which lasts forever, remember the Bible says that uh, heaven and earth shall pass. That's what Jesus said. But my word will never pass. They are forever. The Bible says, that God's word is forever settled in heaven. So if you allow your life to be governed and you engage the word of God, then you set up yourself to outlast anything that is coming against you. And in line with that, I want to read another scripture uh, just before we push on here from 1 John chapter 2. And we're going to read from verse 15 down to... Uh, verse 17, First John chapter 2. I'm sharing a few scriptures with you here before we kick on. First John chapter 2, verse 15. For all that is in the world, the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, and the pride of life is not of the Father, but is of the world which means they are temporary because they are of the system of the world, which means they have seasons and uh, they don't last forever. Sorry, I I read verse 16. Let me just back up to verse 15. Love not the world, neither the things that are in the world. If any man love the world, the love of the Father is not in him. Okay, so if you love the world, you will end up being uh, frustrated because the things of the world are temporary. They have life, shelf life on them. And verse 16, for all that is in the world is the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, and the pride of life, which is not of the Father, but is of the world, and that's why you shouldn't engage in them because they are not of the Father, they are not of God, they are not of eternal value. So uh, they will come, will pass. They will come and go. But verse seventeen it says, "And the world passeth away." So the world and all that it entails passes away. In other words, what Solomon said in Ecclesiastes is coming to. Um, bear here, that the world has, this world has a season, this age has a season. So the world passes away and the loss thereof, all that is in it, but he that doeth the will of God, remember the will of God is the word of God, he that doeth the will of God abideth forever. You abide forever when you abide in the will of God. So I want to remind you that irrespective of the storm that is raging or the storms that are raging in your life right now, there is hope because we serve a God that is eternal. The season of weeping may remain for a night, the Bible says, but certainly the season of joy is coming in the morning. You know why God is called the rock of all ages? Because as we sing in a a song, age to age he stand. Every age, he outlasts that age and uh, all the ages that are to come, he will outlast them. So he's the rock of all ages. He stand firm, irrespective of the age because he is eternal. Thank God for the rock of all ages. We give thanks to God. I have been thinking about a song and singing it to myself that we used to sing when I got saved about, will your anchor hold in the storms of life? And though that anchor of yours will hold if it is rooted in the rock of ages. He is the rock of all ages. I want to read another scripture real quickly. In Galatians chapter 6, I'm going to read from verse 7 down to verse number 9. Galatians chapter 6, verse 7. It says, be not deceived. God is not mocked. For whatsoever a man soweth, that shall he also reap for he that soweth to his flesh shall of the flesh reap corruption but he that soweth to the spirit shall of the spirit reap life everlasting here is the key verse in um, all that was said coming down let us not be wary in well-doing all right now when god talks about well-doing that is measured by his standard, so it is about doing what he requires of you. So let us not be weary in well doing in what God requires of us, for in due season, wow, in due season we shall reap if we faint not. As I said before, well doing is according to what God requires of you, but guess what? After every well doing. Outlasting the season of crisis, standing firm, being faithful, being um, consistent in the things of God. After all of that, there is a due season. Well, you know what a due season is? It's like when your paycheck is due, some reward is due. It's a season of reward. You will reap if you don't faint. So if you don't faint, if you outlast the season, it's not just that you feel good, but God said that is always followed by a due season. I don't know of many people who are miserable when their paycheck is due, or when their bonus or gratuity is due. And those are exciting times especially if you have some things to deal with that you've been looking forward to take, uh, take care of. Well, God says that if you will outlast the season of crisis, if you will... F- Strengthen yourself in him and ensure that you overcome that season of crisis that you will have a due season in your life. And I tell you, God is not slack concerning his promises as men count slackness. So if God says that there is a due season, for sure that due season will come. There are so many people who are listening to me right now that has missed their due seasons in life because they quit in the middle of the season of crisis. Don't allow COVID 19 to cause you to miss your due season. Greater is He that is in you than He that is in the world. We are going to outlast this in God. Together, we are going to overcome this is the victory that overcometh the world even our faith because certainly there is a due season that awaits i want to read one more scripture here before we push on it's first corinthians chapter 15 first corinthians Uh, chapter 15 and we will jump all the way down to the end, the last verse, verse 58. It says, Therefore, my beloved brethren, be ye steadfast, unmovable, unmovable. Does that sound like the rock of ages? Well, You are a son or daughter of the Rock of Ages, so you have the ability to be steadfast, unmovable, always abounding. I love that. Always abounding in the work of the Lord. Always abounding, not most of the time, but always abounding in the work of the Lord. For as much as you know, that your labor is not in vain in the Lord. See, this verse is saying the same thing that, that the previous verse said, that your labor, this verse 58 of 1 Corinthians chapter 15 is saying, your labor in the Lord is not in vain. In other words, as Galatians says, there is certain to be a due season if you... Fortify yourself in God. If you are steadfast, unmovable, always abounding in the work of the Lord, there is bound to to be a due season. Your labor in the Lord shall not be in vain. The problem is, if you fight the battle on your own or fight it with the world system you're going to be in big trouble because as we can see right now the foundations of man the foundations of this world they are quaking they cannot stand up to the pressure but the rock of ages the rock of all ages will enable you to stand in the hour of temptation test and trial if you be steadfast, unmovable, always abounding in the work of the Lord. Now, remember that that verse in Ecclesiastes that we read earlier says that to everything there is a season. So um, things in this life are temporary. One of the things I want to encourage you to make sure you you. Uh, examine closely in your life and manage properly is that you don't make or you don't allow temporary seasons to cause you to make permanent decisions that you will end up regretting, that you will end up um, having to live with and be miserable for the rest of your life. Don't allow temporary situations to drive you into permanent decisions that you will end up regretting. It's important that you stay the course and be steadfast in God. So if God has blessed you with a job, don't allow some supervisor that that don't like you to cause you to walk off the job. That is just for a season. You have to fortify yourself in God. You have to strengthen yourself in God. Go to work each day and tell yourself that greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. And tell yourself that this season of tension is temporary. But I have in me what it takes to overcome. So as you prepare to go to work every day, you have to fortify yourself. You have to strengthen yourself in God. You wake up in the morning instead of getting miserable about everything that is happening around, instead of thinking about what never worked uh, well yesterday and how, what. Whatever might not work well today, you have to tell yourself, the Lord of hosts is with me. The Lord of heaven's Host is with me. And if the Lord of hosts is with me, then what is going to be able to stand against me? You have to tell yourself in those moments you're preparing to go to work that I will lift up mine eyes to the hills, from whence cometh my help. My help comes from the Lord, who is the Maker of the heaven and. They heard. You have to tell yourself that those that are with you are more than those that are against you. You have to maybe borrow a line from Miriam's song that, he, that she did um, when, when they went across the Red Sea. I will sing unto the Lord, for he hath triumphed gloriously, the horse and rider thrown into, thrown into the sea. You have to do it by faith. Fortify yourself to outlast the season that is coming against you. If you go about thinking how uh, there is no way that you're going to make it and wear that victim mentality of how nobody likes you and nobody cares and everybody coming against you and nobody say anything good to you. uh, If you wear that victim mentality, you're sure to sink. But we should fortify ourselves with the victor's crown. He is able to keep us. I heard one of my teachers, now deceased, Dr. Miles Monroe, said something one time. He said that your spouse sometimes have temporary insanity. (laughs) And so you should not allow those seasons of temporary insanity to cause you to make permanent decisions. You will jump up and walk out of the marriage and all that kind of stuff and uh, I'm sure if some people had known that many many years ago some things would have been different and uh, let me say that I do understand that also sometimes some Temporous, temporary seasons of insanity transition into permanent seasons of insanity for some people. So decisions have to be made. But the point he was making is that maybe this season is when your spouse do all kinds of crazy stuff that you wonder if their mind is together and all that kind of stuff. But the next time it might be you doing some crazy stuff. And they need to put up with you. What is the point, the big point in all of that? Don't allow a season that is going to pass to cause you to make decisions that would cancel the due season that is coming in your life. Wrap yourself in God and allow God to uh, cause you and enable you to overcome now as we share about the kingdom and talk about the kingdom the kingdom of god as we know stands above every other kingdom in fact the kingdom of darkness was started by someone that once worked in the kingdom of god in the kingdom of light satan he rebelled and started his kingdom. So he knows very well also that the kingdom of God is number one. But there are certain things that are common to kingdoms. And for example, every kingdom has a constitution by which the citizens of that kingdom live. Every kingdom has an education system. Every kingdom has a financial system. Oh, that, that's a big one that we need to talk about as it relates to the kingdom of God because we have our financial system that is different from other kingdoms. But every kingdom has territory because they have to have something to rule over. In fact, the word kingdom comes from two words, king and dom, d-o-m, which is the short for domain or territory. So it's the king's domain or the king's territory. So every kingdom have territory. You cannot have a kingdom without territory. But also every kingdom has a king. And the king, one of the definitions for king is to standardize or to set standards. Okay? A king standardize or set standards. So God, Jehovah, Elohim, El Elion, as we call him, is our king, and he sets standards for us to follow. He is the standard for us. This is why in the word of God, I think it's in John 14, verse 6, it's, Jesus says, I am the way, the truth, the standard, and the life. Because our king, like... um it is about King, is our standard. uh, God said in the Old Testament, I think it's in uh, Isaiah, that my thoughts are higher than your thoughts because I'm the standard. My ways are higher than your ways. In John, he said, you did not choose me, but I chose you. In Genesis, God set the standard by which man should live. So if we... Look carefully, we see where God gave Moses the Ten Commandments. That's the standard by which they should live. In the New Covenant, God gave us the Word of God, which is the standard by which we ought to live. So as the king, he set the standard for us. And the standard that he has set for us is that we should walk in victory we should abide in his word so we can walk in victory now watch us very carefully because sometimes you know as as people we we see in all kinds of directions instead of the direction that the Lord is pointing us into our responsibility our job as kingdom citizens is not to set new standards I know that might go against the grain of some people, but follow me here. Our job is not to set new standards. Our job is to maintain the standards that our king has set and uh, provided for us. And he put us in the earth to maintain those standards. Sometimes when we get into the way of the world, we think that we need to set standards for other people and we live our lives competing with other people which drive us to do all kinds of stuff that God's not asking us to do. God is not interested in you trying to set new standards. He wants you to maintain the standards that he has set. So in Genesis chapter 1 verse 26, one of the golden texts of the Bible, God said, let us make man in our image according to our likeness and let them have dominion over the fish of the sea, over the fowl of the air, over the creeping things of the earth. What God was asking man to do was to rule the earth by maintaining the standards that he has set. We as a people and even in the church we are notorious for trying to rule the earth by our own standards. And if you do that you are going to run yourself to a wreck you're going to come to a place in life where you find you're frustrated and it seems like nothing is working for you that the 30 years that you're serving God has just gone up in flames because there is no life it's because you are doing it by your own standards if you will focus on maintaining the standards of God You will walk in victory in your life. Stop listening to everybody. All that people have to say to you. Because you talk to six people and they have six different directions how you should go in your life. I am suggesting, I recommend to you to pay attention to the standards of God. Of your king. Maintain those standards and watch supernatural happenings uh, taking place in your life. Once you go according to the standards of God, you can't go wrong. You know, this is why disobedience to God and rebellion against God are such big issues with God. Because disobedience is about departing from the standards of God. You are refusing to do what God has required of you. It's disobedience. You're departing from the standards of God. You're frowning on the standards and and, and setting your own standards. That's disobedience. And that's why that's such a big issue with God. Rebellion is undermining the standards of God. That's why God takes those things so seriously because you are um, undermining the standards that he set. Adam and Eve were locked out of Eden for not maintaining the standards of the king that set them in the garden. God gave them some standards by which they should live. And they allowed the enemy to talk them out of the standards that their king had set for them. How many times have we done that? Some of you have a word from the Lord in your spirit. And you allow people to talk you out of it who have no experience with God. People who have no experience with God talk you out of what God has deposit, deposited in your spirit. And then the next five years of your life are miserable. And you wonder, what is happening? You've departed from the standards. As I said, God said, Adam and Eve in Eden. I want to remind you that Eden was not so much a physical place. In fact, the archeologists cannot find Eden. They find the other places mentioned in the Bible Mount Ararat that Noah's Ark sat on, uh, Mount Sinai, the different places they found, but they cannot find Eden. You can do your studies. The reason why they can't find Eden is because Eden was really an environment. The word Eden means moment or presence, presence as in the presence of God. So God set Adam and Eve in his presence because that's how they were going to function to their full potential. That's how they were going to be the model for the human race by being in the environment of his presence constantly. Remember what Jesus said when he came in the, Old, in the New Testament to teach, without me, you can do nothing. So, when Adam and Eve disobeyed God, departed from the standards of God, God locked them out of Eden. I want you to see how serious this is. He locked them out of his presence. So, therefore, their ability to overcome, their abilities to um, out last seasons, their abilities to do things that they once did was now compromised. When Adam was in Eden in the moment in the presence of God, Adam had life flowing out of him. He named the animals without any difficulty. The man had never been to a university. Nobody taught him the vowels, or anything like that. Adam named the animals. Adam saw Eve when God introduced her to him. And without any difficulty, the life just flowed out of him because he was in the presence of God, in the environment. He said, she shall be called woman. Nobody taught him that word before. She shall be called woman. And so Adam functioned at optimum potential in the presence of the Lord in Eden. But when Adam was locked out of Eden, he couldn't do any of those stuff anymore. In fact, you have no record. You can't read anything about Adam after he was locked out of Eden because uh, his life went downhill, Adam and Eve. That's what happens when you depart from the standards that God says. Now, if you find that you have been locked out of Eden, it is because you have failed in maintaining the standards of God in your life. You have to examine your own life and ask yourself, uh, does it seem like I'm locked out of Eden? Is the life of God flowing through you like it used to flow? What have you been detecting in your spirit? Is there any word in your spirit from the Lord for the last year or two? Are there any intuition? Are you engaged in the presence of God like you used to? What kind of deposits have been made in your life? What kind of deposits are coming from your life, flowing from your life to the people around you? Or have you been locked out of Eden? If you find that you are locked out of Eden, It is because you failed to maintain the standards of God in your life. Do you feel increasing frustration every day and no sense of breakthrough, lack of direction? Um, You're just constantly being unfulfilled. Um, Nothing is coming alive to you. Could it be that you're locked out of Eden? The job is yours to examine yourself. God don't want us, it's not God's desire, never God's desire for us to be locked out of Eden. But if you depart from the standards of the King, those are consequences that can follow. And it's not just individual, but all ministries have been locked out of Eden. There are different church groups that has not seen the live, tangible presence of God in ages. Have you been locked out of Eden? We have to take the time out to repair that situation this morning. I want you to, right where you are, Just close your eyes. And I want you to take a few seconds to examine your own life as it relates to Eden. We thank you so much for joining us today. God bless you and ensure you have a great day.